My name is Julie Kraft and I have bipolar 2 disorder. I'm Shaylee Hugendorn and I live with bipolar 2 disorder. I was diagnosed 10 years ago at the age of 36. I was told of my diagnosis and I remember being relieved but also terrified. I know um, the perceptions and the stigma that goes along with it. I started sharing my story about four or five years ago. I decided to come forward and start sharing. It's led to me meeting the most amazing people walking the same path. So we had talked about collaborating. My greatest hope is that others will hear our stories and feel less alone. We can offer insight and give the world a real life living example of what bipolar disorder can look like. This is bipolar. This is Bipolar. Hi everyone, welcome back to This is Bipolar. As always, we're really excited to be together. I'm Shane Hugendorn. I am a wife, I'm a mama, I'm an elementary school teacher, event planner, podcaster, and mental health advocate. So yes, I do all the things. And all the things. Yes, and here is my co-host, Julie. Yeah, my name is Julie Kraft. I am also a fiery, passionate mental health advocate. Um, I'm also a wife a wife, a mom of three girls, um, an author, um, enthusiast in life. And so, yes! so excited to be here recording again. It's always a highlight. Yeah, let's dive in. Today, we want to talk about triggers. And saying that, we do want to um, give a trigger warning because we still feel comfortable doing that. We will be talking about hard things as, um, as usual. Please, if anything does um, trigger you or um, cause you to have big, big, big feelings and it's too much, always, always, always take time for yourself, breathe. Um, you know, the amazing thing about video and podcasts is that you can walk away and come back. So the first thing that I thought I would do is just talk about um, and maybe even read the definition between um, triggers, okay, and triggers when it comes to psychology. So triggers or anything that um, can trigger like an emotion or a reaction, you know how sometimes when we smell something, it might remind us of other things. Um, it, it can trigger positive and negative things. So, but when we're talking about a psychological trigger, um, a lot of times it's used uh, when talking about PTSD, but we're using it more and more in the field of mental health because there are different types of trauma or wounding um, that people have. Before it was kind of just certain things and the big, big T trauma. And the th we're gonna talk about some of that, but we also um, want to start with talking about some of the little everyday triggers and kind of, uh, for us living with bipolar 2, um, the difference between something that's like more serious of triggers for us than just causing a stress response, right? Because we know the difference between stress and an anxiety disorder is very different. So here we go. It says, triggers are anything that might cause a person to recall a traumatic experience. Okay, so it says, for example, here, graphic image, imagery um, and different things um, like, you know, uh, even smells or situations or I know phrases can trigger me. Um, and so it's more, it, it, it almost paralyzes you and does different things to your nervous system. That's kind of trigger. Otherwise, um, sometimes I notice that people talk about triggers, but really it just made them stressed out. It doesn't get to the point of overwhelm um, and paralysis. So I thought we would start off um, just naming that. And um, now we thought we would share with you some of our small everyday triggers. And so I would love to hear, Julie, um, what are the the triggers that come to mind right now or the things that cause you um, extra stress 
um, in your life? Well, there are a lot of them, but I did make a list of them and I have a few that top that list. Um, so for me, I'm, I'm an introvert and I definitely, um, gather my strength and energy from my alone time. And so something that really, really is hard for me is if I have a jam packed schedule, um, no downtime. And I just feel like I, you know, I'm constantly go, 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 go. And so another thing I want to share is just how that manifests in my life. And so mm -hmm. when I look at my calendar and I know that it is just, you know, six days of nonstop um, people and commitments, um, I, I get angry, I get frustrated, I get sad. I mean, I get all the feelings. And so part of learning to manage my bipolar disorder is, you know, being able to identify all my different triggers. And if I can, I eliminate some. And if I can't, then I do my best, you know, to minimize them or figure out a way that I can manage them. So that's, that's one of them, but getting more specific driving. Driving has always been something that's been difficult. Um, I've never believed that I've been a good driver, even though if you were to look up my driving record, it's fairly spot free. Um, but so I have had some really scary um, experiences. I've been lost in a foreign country. Um, and I actually drove around for about an hour with my navigation system. Um, in German, and I just ended up giving up. I was sobbing, I was in tears, I felt defeated. I went back home and I was actually supposed to go to the airport to pick up my husband who was coming in off of a very long um, international flight. And so on top of that, knowing that he was gonna get off the flight and I wasn't gonna be there, it just fed all of those lies and feelings, you know, that I was a failure as a human being, a failure as an adult, a failure as a wife. Um, and so at the beginning of my marriage, um, I had to do a lot of driving with my young daughter and I would literally be shaking at the wheel mm -hmm. and, you know, catastrophizing, thinking that I was going to be in, in this terrible accident. And of course, none of those things um, have happened to date, but it's, it has definitely been a process and I have now learned a few things that help me. Um, one of them is the more I drive, the more comfortable I get. And it always helps. I will actually sit and study a map for up to half an hour to just figure out where I'm going, how I'm going to get there, um, where I'm going to park so I can eliminate as many unknowns as possible. And so it's getting better, but I definitely, um, you know, my schedule now, my weekly schedule involves about three to four hours of commuting my daughter to school a day on um, multiple freeways. Wow. And it's a lot, but every morning I just get up, get centered, and I just figure, you know what? I can just stay in the far right lane. I can go slow. I won't let the car behind me pressure me. And, you know, I love weekends when I don't have to do it, but so far it, it's, going well. It's not easy, but I'm pushing through. Mm. Um, and I'll just quickly mention maybe one other one. Um, mm. Okay. Well, another two really quick change in plans. So mm -hmm. if someone were to change plans on me at the last minute, um, mm. that will throw me into a tailspin and I will usually lash out, get so angry and, um, you know, not want to go, not want to follow through and be resentful the whole time I'm there because I think for people that don't have bipolar or that don't understand how my bipolar brain works, um, mm -hmm. I've already mentally prepared myself for wherever I'm going. If it's a cafe, I may have even looked up the menu, figured out what I'm going to order, figured out where I'm going to sit, where I'm going to park. So a last minute change for someone like me that who is not spontaneous um, will just induce all the feelings, you know, um, and now quickly, um, the yeah. one that really, I think if I were to look back and look at one that really affects not only me, but my family and those around me, um, is an unreturned message or text or an email. Mm. Um, I think I have insecurities and, you know, thoughts that aren't always rooted in truth. And so I will instantly default to the worst possible reason that I've offended someone that they don't like me, they never want to see me again in their life. 
And so sometimes within an hour or two, if I haven't heard back from someone, um, I will be spiraling in my thoughts. And that will come out in so many different ways to the point where I've ruined days, sometimes weeks, obsessing about an unreturned message from someone only to find out that they were away. They never got my message. They were busy. You know, their lives didn't revolve around getting back to me. So those are just a few of my smaller everyday triggers that it's, it's a process. Um, you know, we, we still have our ups and downs with bipolar. So those are ones that I'm constantly having to keep in check and be aware of, but I'm so curious, um, to hear some of your everyday yeah. smaller triggers. Yeah, actually I want to, because some of those are, are different for us. I wanted to, um, explain how I react to some of those. So one of the ones that you said was the driving one. And I think that I've just, mine isn't so much driving anymore. Um, like in the beginning, because I moved from a small town in Northern BC and I live in the lower mainland like Vancouver. Um, and I was scared to drive downtown. But um, for those of you that heard another episode, um, I we won our wedding um, on all the prizes that went along with that, like each table gave a prize. So this this follow my tracking. Um, <laughs> all of I had to pick up all of the prizes or like the the dress was downtown that I got to help design or picking up like and meeting with the flower or the cake, it wasn't in my area, which I would have planned, right? So I had to learn because their business hours were when my husband was at work. And so throwing me into that, that was a great motivation. So I know that um, some things that are hard for me, if I'm motivated, mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's easier, <laughs> right? Then, it, then like a have to then yeah. the anxiety comes up and mine's more parking because I cannot parallel park with someone watching, which basically means, right? Which basically means you can't parallel park because there's always people around, right? Always. <laughs> yeah. And we have a, a, a decent, I used to have a van, I have a decent size SUV. So um, sometimes I'll park like so far away. And I just tell my friends, like, we might have to walk a couple blocks. So bring your umbrella because and parking garages freaked me right out and funny not funny story we had our van for nine days it wasn't brand new it was just new to us and I was driving to the North Shore Anxiety Clinic and um, for a family member uh, I would obviously go to those kinds of things too but I was so anxious because I couldn't, it's in this really popular place called the key and there's like yeah. parking $5 jillion and it's usually <laughs> all underground. And I was so stressed out and circling and I didn't want to be lakes. It's not cheap and all these things. So I actually was trying so hard not to hit other cars. I scraped my car on no. the, the big, <laughs> what are those like, columns or whatever, cement columns. And we only had it for a few days and so it triggered a few things. It triggered like the parking. Yeah. Um, and then also it triggered one of my triggers is wrecking stuff, especially new stuff. Um, I, I want it to be perfect at first. Like if things get nicked or dinged or, um, you know, if I stain something right away and if I'm honest, not always right away. And if someone else does it and I really struggled when the kids were little, like, we joked around that I should have had stocks in baby OxyClean, right? <laughs> because it would just, and I think um, undoing a lot of that trigger mm -hmm. is a lot to do with my childhood and not having a lot. So you took care of your things because there wasn't money to get another one, right? Yeah. Which leads into another big one for me and it's losing things. And with my bipolar brain, it's really easy to lose things because I'm thinking so fast and so much that I'm not thinking, this is where you're putting your keys. And I know everybody tell me you have your one spot. I have a spot. In fact, I have three <laughs> spots. But when you're carrying all the grocery bags or you're wondering what's next or you've thought 10 steps ahead, it, it doesn't end up in the spot. And 
the way I react to that is like a bodily reaction of like shame and guilt and just like it, it's bigger than just like embarrassment. It's just like, what isn't, I get to the point where I'm like, you don't even have your life together. Like you're a hot mess of an adult. Like people, adults can find their stuff, right? And- um, Not this adult. Yeah, you're with me. And I then, am so with you on everything you've said. I love it. Uh, do you misplace things? Oh, I mean, even I must say, and I know we've said this before too, we, we get just as much out of these episodes, not only from our community, but from each other and just a super offshoot tangent, um, back to the parallel parking. I put up a post on my Instagram years ago about having difficulty with that. And I had so many responses from people who have bipolar, but also have trouble with very specifically parallel parking. So if anyone out there is listening, know you're not alone. There's so much comfort yeah. to hear that parkades, or if you're in the UK, they call them car parks, um, you know, stress you out as well. And I think, well, for me, it's the, it's all the unknown. Once I've done something once I'm fine, but just to know I'm not the only driver out there panicking at the, those moments. And then as far as your keys and stuff, I'm the same. And, and it's not that I'm intentionally trying to be messy yeah. <laughs> or a human tornado. I mean, my husband walked into our bathroom and he looked at the counter and he said, come here. Like, what can you just even try to explain what is going on here? And I'm like, honey, I don't do it intentionally. My, my brain is like <laughs> eight eight days ahead I'm already moving on so it was time to put it back in the right spot when I have a great idea for two weeks exactly so I just wanted to say I'm sitting here going "Uh uh-huh phew and I'm not the only one so continue on (laughs) yeah no I think my reaction and I think you brought up a good point that um, a lot of the stuff when we say this again and again and again are stressful or do cause stress and you know what society is calling anxiety not clinical anxiety but you know stress and so their response would be like okay I have to look for it get a little nervous or whatever but I think what I try to make people understand that it's heightened bazillion percent like I am panicking all you know as though I have a bear chasing me yeah or I am panicking for something small, like it would be a huge life changing thing. So my body goes straight to and I might get this wrong psychologist, but I think it's I call it my reptile brain because I explain it to children, but I think it's your limbic system. So you can't talk like it's very hard to talk yourself down or um, think logically because your body's reacting at and it's a good thing that our bodies are designed to do this when you are reacting to things that actually are going to harm you. Unfortunately, um, the way our brain chemistry is, is that uh, little things can trigger that. And it is, and then on top of it, I get the shame about, um, and the anxiety about looking crazy. and making bigger deal than it is right so then I'm like snappy with my husband or you know my kids or whatever because I don't want them to think that I'm you know reacting what I call crazy probably not the best term extreme let's use extreme that I'm reacting extremely I can't explain that I'm like hot cold sweating thinking it literally is the end of the world if I don't find this and I've already thought about like what if we never find our keys and I'll never drive my vehicle again? It isn't just like, oh, I might be a little bit late, right? Yeah. Which I'm yeah. not downplaying that. That is stressful for a lot yeah. of people. But what we do here is try and explain the difference so that people understand this yeah. is real and it's an illness. And yeah. so give us grace because it's that much harder. And I yeah. also, I don't know if I've told this story before, but losing stuff and wrecking stuff. So if I do it, I'm super angry, but I would rather wreck something than someone else. And I make these high standards about not doing things right, like hanging a picture straight or putting just painting a wall and then um, 
you know, messing up where the hole is. And it's like, I've ruined everything. Right. Or we redid our two bathrooms and just that there's a few things that already got messy or nicked, or um, I can see where there's a little mistakes on the ceiling. It makes me so anxious. And I'm like in three weeks, I probably, I might, but I probably won't notice that. But in the moment, like the perfectionism takes over and it makes me not a nice human. And then you pile on top of that, like embarrassed and just this whole berating myself. And Julie and I have talked about this before. Let me know if if um, you get this too, Julie, where the person in my head is nasty. Like I would never hang out with and and I'm not meaning like I don't have delusions and that it's like a different voice it's my own voice but it's like me no one would be friends with me I would never I try not to say those things to other people a little bit comes out sometime but (laughs) there's also you know like the so I'm mad at myself but I'm snapping and blaming my husband about the keys and he doesn't use my keys so how did he lose my keys but I'm so mad at myself that I I lash out do you relate absolutely I lash out and I just want to jump back really quick you know for all the giggling and joking about parking and all that like like Shaylee said in that moment it is horrible and the night I was lost trying to get to the airport um with every second of missing a street, it, I mean, the negative thinking about myself and just, I, it was awful. It was awful to the point where when I got home, my daughters thought I had been in an accident. And then still to this day, I mean, I'm trying to be gentle with myself, but I, I think about that. That's, that's another thing I do. I replay past mistakes and to someone else, it may seem like the smallest, tiniest task in the world, easy to get over. But I think we feel deeply and, um, you know, it's, if, if it affects us, if it hurts us, if it devastates us, that is enough to make it more than valid. So, you know, for anyone out there that's experienced that, uh, both Shaylee and I, we are with you and, you know, we're just sending out a big virtual hug because it's so easy to go down that path of negative thinking and shame, just like you mentioned. And, you know, the lashing out, you know, it always comes back to driving, but there was another incident where I was driving, we got lost. My husband was gently trying to direct us on an exit and my daughter actually filmed it from the back seat. What am I doing now? You're going to take the first turn on the highway. Do I get over? No. Oh my gosh. Ah. I'm not being rational. I'm shouting at my husband, telling him that it's his fault. Now what? Uh, You're merging onto this road. No, I've never driven on this road. Doesn't matter. Oh my gosh. It's just fine. Stop patronizing me. I think I may have uttered a profanity or two. But, and I think that that is how we react and that's not a personal attack on our husbands or our kids or the people around us but that is just that instinct that you know sometimes that's the only way we know how to react it's a triple whammy for us yeah like a lot of people that will happen they tell tell the story they're over it right we have one the actual instance is like making our life hard Two, we're having the physiological body terrifying reaction. And then three, we berate ourselves. And like three months later, a year later, it comes up like, what an idiot or what a failure or ugh, that's so embarrassing. And then I know on top of that, sometimes you brought up the, the children thing. One of my, uh, I don't know if it's a trigger or big anxious thought no no I think it's a trigger um is that I'm gonna mess my kids up right Uh, the one of the most freeing but also terrifying thing I've heard is that um your children or you people you live with or people around you can um feed off your nervous system or um tap into your nervous system which is great when they're really stressed and um you know 
you know, we, it can help calm our kids by being calm. But my thought is, well, uh, you know, a lot of the time my nervous system isn't regulated. And because I have an illness, it doesn't come naturally to me. Am I messing up my kids? And I feel like it's unfair to my husband because we talk about reacting and as loving as they are, it's not fair to them. Yes. They give extra grace to us and whatever, but it's still like being in a relationship, uh, you know, I feel, uh, yeah, I get stuck in the, it's, uh, you know, that part is unfair. And I feel like I have to apologize a lot and pre-medication and pre-diagnosis. Um, I was pretty harsh and, and, and mean, and I'm very, you know, we've worked through it, but it's a, it, it isn't over, you know, yeah. like, um, I don't know if you've seen that video. Oh my gosh. If you don't, you have to find it somewhere online, but it's this guy. And he, he talks about if we did everything aggressively, right? <laughs> So he's like doing regular things like putting the garbage out and he's like running and slam, even coming down the stairs. He's like, right. And he does everything and you laugh because it's just ridiculous. But I also relate because even when I don't have strong feelings about something, my voice and my body is just like, my opinions are so, do you know what I mean? Like I come off aggressive and not mean just either sure of myself confident but also um not considering other people's ideas because I think I thought it through right but it's it's a form of anxiety sometimes if I don't make quick decisions I know that I'm gonna spiral so now I try to my husband's like can you even just pretend that you're considering my idea because I'll just because sometimes (laughs) I'll just be like yeah no that's not gonna work (laughs) and or that no 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 this is what we need to do right and that's disheartening for him and I try not to do that um with my children so it's freeing to know and especially I don't know about you but I'm much better because um because a lot of the physical symptoms are muted not entirely gone or um I know how to deal with them I feel like this is great that my kids can borrow from my nervous system. And it really does um, help me think about that. Whereas if I was by myself, I don't think I'd take the extra time to calm down. But it also, if I'm honest, it terrifies me. And I wish that I could tell you that I'm more gentle with myself, but I honestly, um, probably it's a thought. I fight the thought constantly that, I'm going to mess up my children. They're going to be in therapy, which is a good thing. I want them to be in therapy, but not necessarily talking because about Because of you. <laughs> yeah. Right? I, I think it's so great that you've touched on our children or husbands, or, you know, if you don't have children, your significant other, and just the effects, the, you know, just how it affects the people that live with us, the people that are around us. And I, I've had all those same thoughts and fears. I've done things and said things. Um, I wanted to destroy that hidden video of me in the car because I just watched it and thought, oh my goodness, who, who is that monster in the front seat? But I think it was really good for me to sort of see it from a third person and actually hear it for what it was. And, you know, I made a video, I included it in that, that wasn't my first choice, but I thought, no, I think it's good to put this out there just so that if there's anyone else out there that's had a not so great moment like that, you know, they'll know they're not alone. But I think the most important thing too, with our kids, and I've even worried about passing on my fears of driving to them because they have witnessed me, you know, white knuckled at the wheel. And so I think we just, yes, need to give grace, grace to ourselves, but also know that kids are, you know, amazing and they love us. We're the only parents they have. And, you know, if we are honest with them and can just say, you know what, mommy had a hard time. This is something that's really hard for mom, but mom's working through it. And, you know, thank you for just, you know, loving me anyways. And I think the other thing too, is to just, you know, I love that quote. I think it's Maya Angelou. Angelo, Angelo, <laughs> sounds good. Um, you know, when you know better, you do better. And yeah. so I think as long as I'm constantly trying to be aware, trying to be a better mom, trying to do the best I can, some days I'm going to be better at it than others. But I think as long as I'm, you know, trying my best, that's, and my heart is in the right place. I mean, that, that is hopefully what those around us will um, 
see and hear in our not so great moments. They'll know yeah. that, you know, we're doing our best. Yeah. Sometimes it's not easy. Yes. Definitely. And I think relate. about, oh, sorry. No, no, never. I've done. <laughs> I think about, um, I think about our uh, friends and our community and people that live with bipolar. And I think about hypomania and I think about mania. And um, we, you know, we do a post on Mondays called Manic Mondays where um, I share and Julia's shared um, just what that's like because that's probably the most more misunderstood than the depression. And um, I've asked questions like, how would you would describe it? Or, you know, what's been the hardest thing? And um, the whole, whole mania episodes are triggers, right? It's thing after thing after thing. And it triggered like sensory um, from thinking to sensory. It's a whole package. And I, I've heard from a few people lately um, just talking about these, um, you know, life altering, um, really bad choices. And just, I don't experience full blown mania, but um, I've had some described to me and I know my impulses like to shop. Um, to, to, you know, just thinking that this is the best thing or not being able to not do the thing because it, it's almost physically painful. Like you think if you don't do it, you, you literally feel like I, I've convinced myself, like if I don't do this next, like I'm not going to be okay. As in, I might not survive, not just like, oh, this might be upsetting. Um, and I know that that's something that people struggle with. And I just, so I know sometimes people are like, well, how can I give myself grace? Like I've just ruined my marriage or I've just, you know, done this unforgivable thing. And um, I just want you to know that we see you yeah. and um, we, you know, we hear you and we feel for you and really honestly, the only thing with all the reading that I've done and just the healing work that I've done is just, we can't change the past, no. right? We can't change the past and we need to make amends, of course. Yeah. And we need, you know, no better, do better, like you were just saying, but I think we have got to forgive ourselves somehow yeah. and maybe not for the action, but give ourselves, you know, some empathy that on top of, mm -hmm. uh, you know, just an average, what we call neurotypical, someone without a mental illness or um, disability person struggles with making bad choices, the impulsivity and those aren't always you. And those huge yeah. mistakes don't define you as a person, because, right? Because- I they're out of character. We hear about things with, you know, we don't talk about it a lot just because of our jobs and, and some of our boundaries. But I know I've heard a lot about like, you know, hypersexuality, or we've seen people that never ever in a million years would uh, cheat and you, it happens, right? And it's, I just hope that, um, yeah, I just think we need to be gentle with ourselves and maybe it will take you a long time to forgive yourself, but yeah. know that yes, it's you, but it's also not you. Yeah. And when I think like that, and I remind myself that it's an illness, it's not just like an everyday choice for us. Yeah. And I was wondering if you could expand on that a little bit, like, what does it feel like to you, even though, you know, a part of you might not know, might know it's the best choice, a part won't, but what does it feel like in your body or your mind when you know, either during or after you've done something, do you feel a sense of urgency? I'd love to hear how, how, how that affects your life. Well, I'm just going to, of course, do what I always do. I'm going to jump back a couple sentences, just what you were talking about, Grace. And yeah. I have to share my favorite quote of all time by yes. Sherry St. Cloud. And it is, she could never go back and make some of the details pretty. She could only move, move forward and make the whole beautiful, which mm -hmm. I just think is the most beautiful quote because all of us, you know, have details or moments or decisions that aren't the best. And like you said, they don't define us. They don't doom us. They don't set the course for the rest of our life. And um, so, yeah, that quote, I think is just beautiful. And, you know, some of 
some of our worst moments account for only minutes of yes. 47 years of my life. And so I think it's so easy to get stuck in those, those darker moments, but just remember the whole, the whole is beautiful. So, okay. So now that I've shared my favorite quote, um, what were you asking me? How I feel in those. <laughs> yeah. Like, do you again. feel a sense of urgency or maybe describe, tell me a story about impulsivity or how you feel something to do around this impulsivity? Because I think that when episodes are triggered, I, I really think that, um, you know, impulsivity is a, a big trigger for us or a big reaction to a trigger. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I like you shopping, shopping has been something that I struggle with and I'm creative and I love decorating and I love creating mm. events. So it all kind of ties together. And so I will, have to keep myself in check and it's not that I'm you know venturing out to spend insane amounts oop I shouldn't use the word insane unbelievable amounts of money I just yeah. I I get caught up in wanting to create a beautiful experience and then I'm a thrifter I'm an upcycler so before you know it actually honesty moment <laughs> where's my husband <laughs> We have a thrift store down here and every Monday is 50% off. And so today's oh Tuesday, which means yesterday was Monday and my cart just grew and grew. I had convinced myself I needed all of it. I'm going to spray paint. I'm going to spray paint most of it. And my daughter came around the corner and said, mom, like what, <laughs> what is going on? And I, I bought it all. And as I was checking out, I just had this, Ugh but it's all in the trunk of my car hiding. I trickle it in one piece at a time, but that's definitely something that I've had to really, you know, check myself, no pun intended no, at the no. checkout and say, do I, do I really need this? Do I need this right now? You know? Um, and sometimes in that moment, I'll have that little, I don't really need these two pillows to add to my 50,000, but a lot of times it will be something that's tied. And what's tricky is oftentimes it's tied to something beautiful, whether it's gift giving yes. or decorating my home. And so that's what makes it really hard to put the brakes on for me. But I guess that would be one example of me having trouble <laughs> with impulsivity. I can tell you, I can relate completely. And one thing that helped me um, describe it to myself so I didn't um, berate myself and also to my husband is half the time it isn't like I want the stuff that calms me it's that and of course I want the stuff but I was trying to explain like to me when I buy something for my home I, I'm not just thinking that this looks pretty I'm imagining um, people coming into my home and how yeah. it's going to help make more of a comfortable, safe yeah. space. And of course, my ego, I want them to be like, your house is beautiful. Um, but, <laughs> you know, let's be honest here. But same with when I buy clothing, I think of where, because I'm an extrovert, mm -hmm. I think of where I could wear it. Or then I start like it, it calms me because I'm thinking of a brunch with my besties or I'm thinking of a party or do you know what I mean? I'm thinking yeah. about where I could wear it less about like I have to have this and also with our thinking ahead and especially when I'm manic, I want the most beautiful world and a beautiful life and beautiful ideas that I feel like these things are going to make my life better and yeah. extremely better. Um, because, uh, yeah, you just see so much beauty. And I recommend you go watch the episode of Modern Love with Anne Hathaway. When okay, I thought you were going to say the minimalist documentary. I said, no, 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 more is more. <laughs> yeah, and like you said, like, um, uh, that is a, a, I, I think it's a trigger, the sale. And like I, like you thrift shopping, I feel like it's okay because I got on sale, but if I'm buying something every third day that's all, that I got a deal for $14.99 or $20, figure out how much that is at the end of the month. Yeah. Well, we actually did do that once years ago. My husband, we were, we were budgeting and I was just buying a picture frame here and a pillow there. And we totaled up how much I had spent in a month and I was mortified. Um, so that sort of, you know, corrected I'm me. I'm having heart palpitations. Just for a little bit, but... 
And I think too, I need to remind myself if I'm having people over, if I'm trying to create an experience, 99% of it is just being with them and talking with them. I mean, yeah. if it's beautiful um, surroundings, even better, but sometimes, you know, I get so caught up yes. in the thing or I'm lonely or I'm sad, you know, and oftentimes stuff fills the void temporarily. Um, yeah. And so, you know, that's definitely yeah. a part of it too. I'll find myself driving to a store when I'm anxious or, you know, when I'm not feeling well, because another thing, especially when um, my mind is full and like a tornado of things, I find I go to specific stores, um, not I, not always thrift stores, but like a, a home sense or a winners or a house store yeah. or just because of the organization and the beauty there. Oh, it can let me out of my head to see like a beautiful display or like if I go into like a jean store and they're all lined up, I can just be like, ah, which interesting. I love that, that. that. If I could use that, and leave without something it would be a great coping strategy but i never leave without <laughs> exactly exactly i would love to just transition into talking about some of the things that work for us which we've mentioned but also we've uh, look at us being all fancy we've read a couple articles about things and have learned a few things that um that help us and i know one of the biggest ones for me is so simple and I roll my eyes when people would say it or or therapists because we think big I always think there has to be big solutions to my problems yeah and I used to think it has to take it entirely away so if it doesn't take it my anxiety entirely away it doesn't take the trigger entirely away why bother right which doesn't help and I found that speaking it aloud or typing it or telling someone else just saying it does it take it completely off my shoulders no but I feel a little bit lighter and I am so grateful for our community when we ask questions and yeah. just write things out some people I know there's some people that look forward to our thankful Thursday post every week where we do the three things because I think I'm grateful but do I take the time to like list them there's power in that. There's yeah. power in uh, your pen going to paper and putting it down. There's power in saying it aloud, right? Because we know uh, shame loves darkness and secrecy, yeah. right? You put it out in the light and it's like, ah! uh, personal ways that you, I know you mentioned planning ahead is, is yeah. awesome for you. Like looking at a menu or or that kind of thing helps you. Is there any, before we talk about some that were in this awesome article? Yeah, well, there's actually one in this list we were gonna talk about that I can yes. speak to you with some examples. So one is do not give in to avoidance. And I know our first gut reaction to is, is to avoid the thing that is causing us stress or anxiety. Um, and so, you know, driving is the perfect example. Um, we moved downtown Vancouver um, a few years ago, and I, I knew I had two choices. I could either walk everywhere, which is a great option a lot of the time, but I knew I kind of needed to face my fear. And I really have found that as hard as it is on some days um, to just do it, to just get behind the wheel, take a deep yeah. breath, and every time it gets a little bit easier. And you don't have to, you know, jump two feet in. So maybe you walk some of the time, drive mm. some of the time. And also some days are better than other days. Some days I've, you know, gotten out of bed and thought, today is not a good day. And if we're nope. going somewhere, I'll ask my husband, you know, do you mind driving? And another really quick example, grocery shopping. I know I'm not the only one out there that can't stand it. Um, physically walking down the aisles, passing by people, um, has been really hard for me in the past. Mm. So I, in this case, and I always have to sort of check myself, am I completely avoiding it or I, am I just identifying an area that I can make a little bit easier for me? And so while we were living in the city, I did do delivery. So I decided if I can get my groceries delivered, if I can have one less thing yes. weighing on my shoulders then why not? And you know what? That just was oh. a bit of a life changer. Yeah. And Can so, I jump in on what you were saying about yeah, that? Yeah, jump I think in. You brought up 
two wildly important things. You talked about um, fears and facing them in avoidance um, versus being aware of triggers and making things easier for yourself. And I learned this really cool thing. And share it. So if you guys don't know, I am wild about and excited about um, and insert all the words about, um, you know, Glennon Doyle and her podcast, We Can Do Hard Things. And also her books. Um, I find them very, yeah, I just find them pretty much revolutionary for my thinking. And I feel like she sees into my soul, which is a beautiful thing. So she talks about that, about fear and her family um, kind of makes up words and which I love because I do too. Um, And she has a term called skited. Yes, you told me about skited. Yes scared and excited but she explained it so I've known the word for a while but she explained it as okay so it's kind of in a both and situation so she talked about how um, you're scared or anxious then ask yourself um, you know but did you want to still do it or do you want to see the result okay versus um, you're scared because this might bring you to a bad place or this might Um, completely you know it has triggered uh, episode either depression or anxiety or um, maybe if you have obsessive compulsive disorder it triggers you to do a compulsion Um, the two differences right so they use skited when it's something that they're scared of but also excited and they actually want to do even though they are maybe talk about wanting to no I don't I'm avoiding it or whatever it gave them language um, so that uh, she knew with her children or, or with her wife or, um, and we can do the same, is that when we say skited, it isn't the same as scared, terrified, yeah. right? Yeah. It's this uh, make my life hard trigger, all those things. It's like, I actually want to do it, but I'm also scared. And I think that that's a beautiful form uh, of yeah. language to be able to understand each other because then, okay, then that signals to me, I'm going to encourage you to do it, right? Yeah. Um, whereas if you're just scared or whatever, then we really need to take a look at if you're terrified, if this is actually adding to your life or is this, you know, um, and I love that yeah. you said that because sometimes I get so frustrated with the whole like face your fears and, you know, yeah. no fear and blah, 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 blah. A lot of that um, can be, can trigger an ep- bipolar episode that will last weeks yeah. or months and it's something that could have been avoided so I love yeah. that you made that distinction yeah. the times that I have pushed myself and done things that I didn't think I could I cannot even describe the feeling of I felt like I conquered the world you know on the days that I did go to the grocery store and came home and the fridge was full I just thought oh like yeah amazing and I just it it was great because it it taught me too that I can do it It, and so you know when I would get them delivered I could say to myself it's not that I can't do it I have done it before it's just I'm choosing to do this and the other quick example is my husband's staff Christmas parties yes um not at the top of my list of things that would make me comfortable and um some years I didn't go but I would wake up the next morning and not feel the best and so one year was really tricky I was on the fence I had planned for it had my outfit wanted to bail didn't want to go but forced myself to go and at the end of the night I just felt like a million dollars and I knew that it meant a lot to him and it was just it was a great thing but I also realized there are some years where you know it just wasn't possible for me to get there and yeah and it wasn't the end of the world so yeah yeah that's my two cents (laughs) Now, are there any other um, coping strategies because you do do a lot of reading that you would like to share? (laughs) I probably won't get right, but what feels, I'll share what feels right to me that might not feel right to other people's. But um, one of the things, and you and I talked, struggled talking about this because my, this one says, learn your stress signature or your, um, you know, or the things that trigger you. So, you know, recognize as soon as you recognize it, then you can start, um, start trying not to get to the flight, fright, fight, freeze or fawn 
um, episodes. And so just, I think that the way to do that, because it's so fast with bipolar and it isn't, doesn't always come on slowly, especially um, real panic attacks versus, you know, anxiety attacks are kind of, they take longer to build up, whereas panic attacks are there intense. Um, you often need external help to get through them. Um, I think that trying to recognize those and a way to do that is to do body scans, right? Do body scans, try and see if there's a pattern um, of, uh, of your nervous system getting dysregulated in certain instances. I do also want to say is that, um, you know, that's told a lot to, um, you know, neurotypical people and people that live with mental health disorders or um, other illnesses. And it isn't as simple as it sounds. So I find this really hard to put into place. So, cause I keep, I know that there's way more um, triggers than, uh, than just those. And, you know, we might talk about some, some deeper ones. Um, I'm just going to jump in and ask, can you clarify a tiny bit more about body scan? Because yes. I don't read as much as you and I'm thinking about the full body scan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, so if I start, if I'm able to catch myself, I'll do, um, you know, uh, a body scan because I'll just, you know, it's easy to say I feel anxious or uh, I'll do a body scan and be like, ask myself, where am I feeling this the most in my body? And uh, it's interesting because it seems like such an abstract question and I'd like roll my eyes or be, um, you know, not take the time to do it. But usually you can find the specific area and sometimes then you, that brings you to your wound, right? And then you're able to uh, be aware of the wound and maybe work on it, right? Like work on how you can try to move forward or try to reframe. So for example, sometimes I feel things in my throat and that's a real indication to me about, um, you know, about words and about how I feel silenced and not heard, right? Is this easy? No, this has taken me a lot. Like I've been doing this for years now, or sometimes I feel it like, it, my heart actually hurts. And I know that that, um, you know, is, is sadness. So I need to look at that and look and examine that sadness and, and figure it out. Or sometimes if you go through, like, I'll be like, okay, you know, breathe here, breathe into your, it's kind of like a little bit yoga, you like breathe into different spaces. So I'll breathe, like, think about my breath moving down my body. And um, that really helps, but mostly body scan, like figure out where you're feeling it in your body and how you can calm that down. Like if it's in my hands, like if I feel like, yeah. like I'm moving or whatever, sometimes um, I do this because, oh, sorry, podcasters, I'm rubbing my um, <laughs> hands together, palms together vigorously. And because it, it um, causes some heat and it also um, almost resets you're yeah, nervous. and I know you've talked too about actually going outside yes. in bare feet, or I've even heard about ice. Yes, so, yes, tell like, us about that. Well, I haven't heard a ton about it, but I have read it. It's, it's actually, you know, quite literally chilling out. Those little things, and as much as I make fun of essential oils because so many people tell me it's going to heal me, your olfactory, whatever, you're sniffing. Sounds good. Let's Sounds do sniff. Good. Sniffing is better. Yeah. But you're or, you know, you're using your five senses in a different yeah. way than what you're feeling. So doing something different. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Doing and you also touched a tiny bit on um, another coping mechanism, which I'll just really quickly talk about. And it's just correcting our thinking about the trauma or the yes. wound. And so for me, I don't have a capital T trauma, but I do have you know, I talked about unreturned emails and automatically defaulting to um, people not liking me, people not accepting me, people being angry with me. And that's just not founded in reality or truth 99% of the time. And so I really, it's not easy. And I really have to be aware and try to retrain, you know, my thinking. And when I can't do it for myself, that's where I'll go to a trusted friend or you or my husband Aww. and say, um, I'm really having a hard time with this. Here's the situation. Am I approaching it, you know, 
from the correct point of view or am I overreacting? And, you know, my husband will often say, go back to your last known interaction. Did you do anything, you yes. know, that would upset them? And, you know, and he'll actually sometimes say that that's not rational, what you're thinking right yes. now. And that really does help. So there's another really quick, you know, pointer. It's just, and he's your trusted person. Like, yes. please don't and not everybody is a trusted person. And you've asked him for that help, right? Please don't go around yeah. telling us we're irrational. That will not go well. Yeah, <laughs> but he's exactly. But oftentimes um, I've bounced things off you in ways that I'm feeling. You've been very helpful to just say, oh. you know, yes. Yeah, so we need each other. This is community and connection. It's very, very powerful. Yeah. Even if no one ever listened to our podcast ever, this has been so healing for me just to be with you and talk to you. Yeah. 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 I love what Absolutely. your husband because in books I've seen it and, and heard of it in therapy is being a detective. And I love that, like looking for clues to see if this thought is rational or true yeah. or, and sometimes, you know, what we tell ourselves, it could be true, <laughs> but the yeah. chances are not. So I think this kind of goes into this one. It's called yeah. labeling your emotions without judgment, right? So then don't, so say your husband, for example, tells you, you know, that's not really an irrational thought. So to be able to label that, okay, it's not an irrational thought, but, and let it kind of float by and recognize it, but not judging it. Because we talk about that added layer of judgment, right? So it, you know, just being like, okay, that's not a rational thought. Everyone has, you know, irrational thoughts. Also, it's very heightened because of my bipolar disorder yeah. and be able to just be okay. Instead of being like, oh, you know, like yeah. I'm not rational. I'm not a rational person. I'm crazy. You know, yeah. I don't belong going down that hole. And I think that that's, yeah. um, one thing that I've, uh, yeah, I'd love to, to end on here yeah. um, is one of the things that I've learned, and it was from my wise, wise friend, Brenda, is, and it was my word of the year is curious. And she says, she asked me, like, you know, uh, get curious about your emotions or get curious and ask questions about them instead of judging them, right? And so that looks like it that looks like asking yourself, you know, why do I think I feel that way? Yeah. You know, when have I felt like this in the past? Are there patterns, right? And just being curious about them and come at life with curiosity. Like, for example, be like, oh, you know, I, I wonder if my friend is, is really busy right now. Or I wonder, you yeah. know, I wonder about this and being curious about things then, you know, immediately judging them because it's so easy for our brains to go to negative, right? Yeah. And my biggest thing is someone said to me, you know, I hope it, you know, that sounds like you're a hard thing that might not go well. But, you know, I hope that your day or this conversation, hard conversation, I hope it surprises you with goodness Aww. or, you know, or trying to think like I was trying to, one of my kids is going through some really hard social stuff and just be like, you know, she'll make up things that are she, the worst thing that she thinks that she's going to happen, you know, usually being alone or not included or whatever. And I'm like, well, what if, you know, what if yeah. you made a friend or what if it wasn't yeah. that bad or what if like, just entertaining it. And it's not the same as saying good vibes only think it's yeah. going to happen manifest. It's not that yeah. it's just thinking, combating the negative thought by also thinking about possibility of it yeah. not turning out to be the worst. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And I love what you said here. I go rambling again about just being curious. And I, I think if I were to leave any advice with any listeners, um, you know, about the topic of triggers and helping to identify them. I think, um, you know, I actually sat down at one point and tried to identify, be curious and write down, um, yes. you know, all the things that were stressing me out. And then I went through that list. Some of them, some of them were even toxic people. That's probably yes. another episode or five. Yes. Whichever ones I could eliminate. Yes. I did. Um, and life is life. We have people in our lives that we can't yeah. eliminate. We have certain responsibilities, duties um, that we can't eliminate. But 
we can usually do something to make them a little bit more manageable. And you know what? Call in help where you can. And the other yes. thing that hasn't always been easy is sharing some of my hardest things with trusted friends and family. And um, people are amazing. I say it all the time, but they really are. And so I had a friend, I was meeting them and she actually sent me an email with driving instructions, parking instructions, oh. everything I needed to know. And so just to feel seen and heard by her um, in that area was amazing. So I always feel this way that we could talk for hours and hours and hours. Yeah. And there's so many other aspects of triggers, you know, bigger, bigger life triggers. Um, so I'm, I have a feeling we are definitely going to be doing another episode in the future on, um, on triggers. And I'm sure we'll be asking about questions um, to do with this on our social media, because we want to hear from you. Yeah. Um, yeah so let's get curious um, about our triggers and we hope this was helpful. This is Bipolar. Bipolar.